This morning we're coming to a very appropriate um, passage in the Gospel of John for a morning in which we just ordained elders and deacons, um, because Jesus is talking about um, leadership this morning, about being um, the good shepherd. And so here are these words um, from John 10, 1 through 21. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. Those who enter by the one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize the stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. And so therefore, Jesus said again, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and destroy and kill. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. The wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. And the man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up. This command I received from my father. The Jews who heard these words were again divided. Many of them said, he is demon-possessed and raving mad. Why listen to him? But others said, these are not the sayings of someone possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Thus far, the word of the Lord. Lord, we pray this morning, and Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come and indeed be our guide, and that you might bring these words and my words to life um, in ways that go um, beneath the surface. And Lord, we pray um, that we would be willing and open to hear what you might have for us, and that, Lord, you might sift for us these words that the ones that do indeed give life, you might help us to hold on to. And Lord, in the ones that need to be forgotten, you will help us to let go of. And so we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. 
Well, this is one of those passages that, um, as you come back to it, over and over again, there's always more. And that's one of the things that we need to be reminded about Jesus. There's always more. He is always far more intelligent than we give him credit for. And we can continually be surprised by that as we come to Christ and his words and encounter him, and especially in this passage this past week, that has been true for me. Um, many of you who have heard this passage before have probably heard all about how shepherds actually worked with their sheep and then what they did, and all of those things are true. Jesus was indeed trying to explain something to people, and he's directly, remember, addressing the Pharisees here, um, who were leaders of the people, and trying to help them understand something, and using this language, this whole image of a sheep and shepherd, to help him get that. So shepherds really would go into a sheep pen where there would be sheep of more than just one flock. They would be mixed together in a sheep pen. And the way that they would separate them was simply for the shepherd to call the sheep. And the sheep would come and respond to the shepherd that was their shepherd. And he would lead them in and out of the pen And then further in the image that Jesus is trying to invoke is that the shepherd really would lay down in the gap or the gate of the sheep pen at night and at other times to keep the sheep safe, both from who might come in and from them wandering out. But Jesus is doing more than just giving us a nice analogy to help us understand something, there is more going on here. When Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, it would be like somebody in our time and day saying something along the lines of, I am the great emancipator. Right? And that would invoke all kinds of images and history and memories for us as a people, right? Right? Because of who we are and our history. Who was the great emancipator? Can anybody tell me? Abraham Lincoln, right? None of, no one of us has to wonder and scratch our heads and think much about that. Because we have that in our bones, in our history, in who we are. And when I say that, some of us think about what it meant for Abraham Lincoln to lead at a time of great challenge and of great trouble and of great division and how we look to that time as a way in which we were led through that in a way that in all kinds of ways, even though it wasn't perfect, led to life, right? Led to things that we point to as, oh, we need to remember that because we want things like that to happen again. Well, Jesus was doing the same when he said, I am the good shepherd. He was pointing to David in the exact same way and wanting his people to think, oh, there's a model of a leader who even though they were deeply flawed, they led in a way that led us where we needed to go, where we wanted to go. And so he's invoking that image as he talks about being the good shepherd. But even more than that, 
he's talking about a psalm that all of us should remember just as much or even more than we remember saying something like the great emancipator. The Lord leads me and I shall not want or I shall not be in lack. I've done a lot of funerals <laughs> and I can almost set my watch by as I'm talking with the family and then beginning to talk about, well, what scripture passages would you like to use as part of the service before somebody mentions, even if they weren't very involved in church? Well, what about Psalm 23? Um, it's that familiar to people, even if they haven't grown up I'm in the milieu of church. And so Jesus is also invoking all of those images, which is why people are again divided. The Lord, the Lord, he's saying, I am like the Lord who is my shepherd. What is Jesus saying and what is going on? Well, he's trying to talk more broadly about what it means to truly lead. What does it look like to be a leader? And what does it look like to lead in a way um, that's legitimate? And Jesus is trying to not only do that for the Pharisees, but he's trying to remind us of that today. And as we just prayed for and commissioned some leaders um, it's perfectly appropriate for us to think about what does that mean not only for them, but for us. Because one of the things that I would encourage you all to think about is that you are all leaders um, in different ways. You all have a place of influence where you can speak into them and have a difference, make a difference. And one of the things that's always a challenge for a pastor who's trying to get people to see that is to, it's interesting to see how reluctantly people um, wear that. Who, me? And I, am, I totally own this. This was me and is still. I was shaking Zoe's hand this morning and she said, oh my gosh, your hand is cold. I get nervous every single Sunday morning because of what it means to wear this. And we need to not take that lightly and forget that, but we also need to be willing to realize that being led, I talked about at the beginning of the service, being a sheep means being willing to be led. And that's also something that we struggle with. Gosh darn it, I want to go where I want to go. <laughs> when I want to go. I mean, where I want to go. But we only get to the place that truly brings fullness of life, peace, when we are willing to be led. But sometimes what we forget about that is that being led means that we're also called to step up and to lead in all kinds of different ways. And so I'm just going to talk about four things that come to me out of this passage um, that help us grapple with what does it mean to really be a leader who isn't um, out for our own gain, 
who isn't a thief, who isn't just trying to use our position, whatever it may be, big or small, for our own significance, whatever it may be, it may not have to be something like monetary gain or significant amount of power. You would be amazed at how hard some people hold on to simple things like buying the bread, right? For Sunday morning, like running the soundboard. Those are all acts of service and good things, and all of them can become something where we find so much of ourselves in them that we begin to hold on to them in ways that Jesus is trying to help us to let go of and to say it's not about that. It's about laying that down um, so there might be life for as many um, as possible. So the first thing that Jesus reminds us is that leaders who are leading after him know who they're leading, right? I know my sheep and my sheep know me. In other words, you can't lead from a distance. I mean, you can't lead if you're separated from people. And obviously, I'm only one person. And other leaders, our elders and deacons are only one person. So there's only so much we can do to know so many people. But the one thing that we can all do is be mindful of that and do our best to know as much as we can. But the even bigger thing we can do is to try not to put up barriers that somehow separate us. We've been talking over and over again about how John's gospel is all about separation and the end of separation and through what Christ did in his life and on the cross and by raising and ascending. I don't wear a robe, even though some pastors do. My previous congregation had a really hard time with that, (laughs) wrestling with why doesn't he wear a robe until one of the things that I finally told them that made sense was I don't wear a robe because I don't want me to somehow be separated from you. I don't want me to somehow be other or above or somehow know more than you do or you can, even though I've done a lot of education and work to do what I've done. And if my wearing a robe creates that barrier, then I should probably ditch the robe. But we don't even think about things, as I just mentioned, about how even just having this on, on a Sunday morning, even though I take off the robe, can do the same thing. Oh, he's the one who gets to have the voice. He's the one who gets to speak. And we need to constantly be aware of the ways in which that can create barriers and separation and be willing to tear them down and to bridge them, and not just on my end, but on your end as well. We need to know one another so that we can not only follow together, but lead together as well. The good shepherd knows his sheep, and his sheep know the shepherd. The other thing that really strikes me in this passage that we often just glance over is that Jesus makes a point of saying, I have other sheep that I need to go get to that aren't in this pen. And so good leaders are always thinking about who's not there. 
right? Who isn't there that needs to be there? Who is different from us that when if they walked in the door, we might say, oh, what do we do? Because we shouldn't respond that way. Jesus was constantly, if you look at his ministry, reaching out to and healing and praying for and being involved with people who he shouldn't have been. Whether it was a woman or whether it was a Gentile or whether it was somebody who was unclean because they were a leper, over and over and over and over again, Jesus is concerned about the people who were on the fringes, on the outs. And the good shepherd is constantly thinking about how do I go and gather them as well. And so we need to be doing the same thing. Until, Jesus says, which we can't do this ourselves, he needs to complete the work for us, but there will be one flock and one shepherd. The other thing that good leaders do is they always have in mind where it is they're trying to lead people to. Trying to lead them to places of life and of wholeness and of peace. Still waters in the presence of my enemies. A banquet. A banquet. That's the picture that we're given of of where we're being led. And where if we step into any kind of leadership role, we should be conscious of, is what I'm doing bringing more life, more abundance, more fullness, or is it somehow hindering that? Because Jesus cares and cares deeply that we experience life and experience it to the full, not just off someday, but more and more right here and right now as well. And the way that a good shepherd does all of these things is by being willing to set aside their own agenda, their own how they want things to be, as Jesus puts it, laying down their life. Even being willing to put themselves into harm's way, that's what Jesus says separates the hired hand from the good shepherd. Being willing to do that. Not being, um, as I said, I'm too self-focused. And it means that you constantly have to think about those things and how you're doing them and what you're doing. The other week when I made the announcement about us moving and needing help, I prayed about that. Should I do that, Lord? Is that taking advantage of my position? <laughs> to get help to move, even though I know that you guys wanted to help, but you have to think about things like that and not just do it without being intentional. And the other thing that we need to remember um, as we lead in any way, shape, or form is that we are all under shepherds, right? Jesus is the good shepherd. We are all under shepherds, meaning that we are all being led into life just as we're being called to lay down our life. And so there has to be that balance. What does it mean for me to lay down my life and then at times take it up again? Because we all know 
and how unhealthily we can lay down our lives, right? And do it in a way that actually doesn't bring fullness or healing or wholeness. It just drains us dry. But God, Jesus wants us to be filled again over and over so that what we do pours out of that, out of fullness and not out of a lack. And so we need to remember that we're being led into life just as we're being asked to lay down that life. But Jesus is even saying more than just what it means to be a leader in this passage. And to me, this is the thing that I wrestle with and constantly need to grapple with. And the reason why I titled my sermon Jesus' Gate is because this is something of a scandal, right? Just as the cross was a scandal, just as Jesus dying and the, and the people at the time had to wrestle with that, how in the world could the person who claimed to be God with us, among us, die on a cross? It doesn't happen that way. It's not supposed to happen that way. But Jesus in this passage says, I am the shepherd and the gate at the same time. I am the judge and the jury at the same time. Because I was willing to lay down my life and to bridge that gap between humanity and God, I am the only one who stands on both ends. And for me, that means I constantly need to remember that it's not up to me who's here and then who's not here who Jesus leads into life or doesn't lead into life, that is not up to me. It is all completely up to Jesus. And if I'm going to lead as a good under-shepherd, I need to constantly somehow remember that. One of the biggest blessings and one of the biggest challenges of church, as you all know, is that we don't get to choose who we're here with. Right? They may be pains in the butt, <laughs> right? but they're also the people that God has chosen and gathered to be with us, to lead us into life at the exact same time. So may you be led. And as you're led, may you be willing to, when God calls, um, to step up and lead as well so that we all may enter into more life. May it be so. Amen.